0: People may think it's a cruel, cruel thing that God is saying, hey, I want you to love only one person. Right. I want you to give yourself to only one person. But all he's trying to say is, hey, heartbreak is rough mm-hmm. and sometimes it can kill you.
1: I'm Dean Cullinane. And you're listening to Why They Did That, a show that explores the motivations of biblical characters and how their choices can guide yours. Being the host of this podcast has afforded me the pleasure of meeting some of the most amazing people imaginable. Some with a gift for taking narratives from ancient settings and making them feel as though they just happened yesterday. Others with the ability to tell a story that makes you feel as though you are in fact the Bible character. And some, some that preach of the love of God as they dig their own grave. Today's guest, however, is the most amazing person I know by far. Hailing from the beautiful country of Brazil, she found herself growing up in the heart of London, England. And it was there at the age of 13 that she found a truly lost soul, and over the course of the preceding four years, led him to find the Lord for himself. This episode's guest, I have the pleasure to say, is my wife, of whom I am but a star in her crown. Dawling and I have been together for 10 years now, married for almost seven as of December 2020, when this was recorded. We've traveled all over the world, we've preached the gospel hand in hand and had experiences together that some may never be privileged to have themselves. But we found that the real beauty and the real joy of marriage is often found at home in the simple life. And so we wanted to dive into a somewhat untold story, the simple life of Adam and Eve. Before everything got murky, what was life like before sin? What did marriage look like untainted by selfishness? And Why did God give us this sacred institution in the first place?
0: What I see in the the previous verses is that it's explaining that Adam had a need. Mm. He had something that was missing in his life. And so, first of all, as soon as he saw her, he realized, this is what I've needed. Mm. This is what I wanted. And when he saw her, he recognized that she was going to be able to give him that. Right. That thing that he was missing, that yeah. he was needing. On top of that, which is... I would say a bonus is the fact that he had everything in place for the need to be fulfilled in mm. the way he had, um, he had a home, Yeah. he had his relationship with God, he had his finances. So with that, he, he had the need. And so when he saw her, it's like. The light bulb moment mm. it clicked for him right. it made sense
1: and i love how god awakens that need in him mm. like god te- god tells the the reader or perhaps god is you know speaking to himself here mm-hmm. when he's saying you know it's not good for man to be alone and so then he brings the animals before him and shows adam look male and female of all the animals and awakens this need for adam that adam has you know um, and i i find that To be the real pivotal part in that this coming together of adam and eve is not just happenstance Mm -hmm. it's not just man meets woman which i think so often marriage just becomes oh i met this really nice person marriage isn't man meets woman marriage is god has brought man and woman together Mm -hmm. and what really what i really love about about this verse it doesn't come out so much in, in the verse in English, regardless of the version that you're reading. Um, but in the Hebrew, you can really see um, the beauty of Adam's expression in that it's poetic. It is. You know, he, he comes out, and there's some there's rhyming of sorts here, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But I just love the fact that when he wakes up, what he sees to him is so beautiful, so mesmerizing, just ticks every box and boxes he never knew he had, that the only way he feels like he can express himself mm. is through poetry, through, through this other form of expression, almost music. It, just, it, it moves him, this love.
0: The, the interesting thing about that is in this day and age now, that I don't know about you, but I feel that there are extremes when mm. it comes to how people see romance and how they see right. all of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is this extreme in which romance is dead right. and romance is not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. And you'll find these people that just build up these walls. Right. And even though they may see someone and have those. Poetic feelings towards them, mm. they'll just block it off and and make it seem as if they're they're tough and they right. don't want to show they're their it. right exactly, and they don't want to show their emotions and then on the other side, for some people, everything is a fairy tale, everything is romantic um it's a sign that he's supposed to be for me because he's so romantic, and yeah. those things can also blind you right, and it's so beautiful that in the scriptures. It's it's a perfect balance of just being, just bearing and opening your heart to someone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and just being and saying it so beautifully, and also not being in the clouds. Right. I would say
1: it's funny that you mentioned those two extremes
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I feel like in our relationship, mm. I wouldn't say we had those extremes.
0: Mm, well, at some point, right? We, but we did.
1: I feel like as our relationship and our marriage progressed. Um, it, it we kind of hit some of those things that you just mentioned, right? About you know, romance just being maybe a little too too cheesy, too yeah. corny. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh no, don't 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 say that. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you uncomfortable, right? Because we grew up in 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 a time, or maybe more so in an environment mm. where yeah, romance wasn't cool, accepting compliments wasn't cool. You know, we would just make jokes of it. And I think as as we've grown up and matured, like you said, we found. That it has a place, mm. but it should never become the relationship.
0: And more so, really, um the the way that we were rejecting romance, mm. it was a hindrance in our relationship. Right. Yeah. So I I genuinely believe that the the scriptures are showing that there's a place for romance mm. and there's a place for expressing your love for someone, right. and that if you reject that, and also if you over romanticize that, mm-hmm. it can be a hindrance either way.
1: Yeah. And on top of that, we actually have a whole book in the Bible that is about the poetic expression mm. of love and right. of romance. You know, the Song of Solomon, though many would wish it were not, is a part of the Bible. It's a part of the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've been studying that book more and more, and I just fall in love with it. Um, I just I just think it's it's so beautiful and and so often misunderstood. And I think that even with that. And and within maybe this is within the church within Christianity, romance is, is it it doesn't have its place, no, oftentimes. Mm. And so what we do is we take the Song of Solomon and we make it an allegory. We over spiritualize it and make it just about Christ's love for His church when really it's actually about love. Love, mm. <laughs> you know, it's about it's about here it's about human love between a man and a woman, you know, that are about to be married. And it's about sex, Mm. you know, which we don't really like to talk about, you know, newsflash to some that may be listening to this married folk have sex, (laughs) you know, and and we see here in the the Song of, what I love about the Song of Solomon is that although out of its eight chapters, you know, basically seven of them have all kind of have have the connotation towards sex, Mm. it never becomes pornography. No. It never becomes overly erotic. And so instead of graphically describing everything, it uses animal imagery or nature imagery mm-hmm. so that you get the picture, but it stays pure.
0: Well, it's, it's like it shows the beautiful side of it. right? And I think that beautiful is really not a word that we use for sex and intimacy nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's more like it's... Taboo yeah it's raw it's it's nasty it's mm-hmm. strange or it's something that you have just not spoken about right but to to just understand that even from genesis itself it's explaining that intimacy and love those mm-hmm. things you know and that encapsulates sex as well right they're beautiful yeah and we should express it right which is yeah and that's okay mm-hmm. that's okay and it's, mm-hmm.
1: it's expected and it's right mm-hmm. within the confines of marriage right. and here we find Adam and Eve at the beginning of this relationship that we never talk about let's be honest when we talk about Adam and Eve we talk about the fall mm-hmm. talk about sin talk about their mistakes and everything that happens from chapter 3 onwards mm-hmm. but at one point we have perfect people in a perfect marriage and that those perfect people in that perfect marriage had sex and they expressed love to one another in the form of poetry, in the form of music, and also in the form of physical intimacy. It's clear that we are God's creation because like him, love moves us to act, to express, to please. Adam can't help but be moved by the beauty that he sees in Eve but also by the love that he feels from the Lord because he saw Adam had a need and proved to him immediately that he alone could meet that need and so Eve was created. The next verse Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 proves the fact when you meet the person that you know God has brought to you a new life awaits.
0: It kind of sounds like Moses was the one that just did a side disclaimer and therefore you shall leave your mother and father. It's almost mm-hmm. emphasizing the fact that that he really wanted it to be known to the people mm. that this is an impo- important part of growing up. Right. It's not just that you stay in in order to be married, you don't stay where you are. Mm. You have to go into a new phase, a complete right. like you you don't just have to go into a new phase mentally but physically you have to uproot yourself Mm. and move on
1: start something new
0: start something new and he made it like it's the poem is right there and as soon as you know adam breaks out in song uh moses is like you know by
1: the way by the way
0: just a reminder but this is what has to happen in order for you to have all this all of this all of this love all of this Mm -hmm. The marriage.
1: And it's not saying that, you know, if you do end up staying at home with mom and dad, that, you know, you won't love each other. Right. But um, speaking as a couple who have um, popped back for a couple days or so, mm-hmm. I don't know about you and, and, and for the record, um, Dawling's parents are amazing and I love them greatly. Right. They um, are. <laughs> I, I couldn't see myself being married and living. In someone else under someone else's roof, especially especially if i have the choice you know some people maybe there's extenuating circumstances or there's cultures where it's expected Mm -hmm.
0: but i i also appreciate the fact that what moses is saying is that it's not law but he is Mm -hmm. definitely encouraging it and there are situations in which people will have to do what they have to do but what moses is saying in order for you to have An ultimate, for you know, fulfillment of what marriage feels like, Mm. you should leave. Yeah, you should leave and start anew.
1: And I think sometimes parents overlook this part. Mm. Mm. I really think that the one of at least the main points of parenting, and maybe a good metric for judging successful parenting, is is your child ready to leave the home? Right. You know because. Oftentimes as parents, we'd like to just keep them, you know, just stay here with us. You'll be fine. And we don't think they're ready for the outside world. But that's why God gave them to us, to prepare them for the life that they're going to live without us. And essentially to prepare them for marriage, to prepare them to live in harmony with Mm -hmm. someone else.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's a little bit backwards nowadays Mm -hmm. where parents feel that if their child wants to leave them they failed you know i failed as a parent because Mm -hmm. they don't want to stick around but really and truly you've succeeded as a parent if your child is is independent equipped enough to uproot and start a new life with someone else because you've trained them that way right and it should be a good thing you know and it's it's a little bit backwards and it doesn't mean that you leave and you never spend time with your family again but it means that you've as a, as a parent, you've done everything to give them the best opportunity to, to be an individual, to be independent an adult.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And although Adam, neither Adam nor Eve mm. have physical, biological parents at this point. Right. Their life is clearly different. Right. When they get married, everything changes. And so God has essentially given marriage as a gift. Mm. Um, alongside the Sabbath, these are the only two institutions that actually leave Eden um, when the heavenly couple are are kicked out. So, why do you think God gave us marriage? Hmm. What is what is you think its its purpose?
0: Well, uh, there are there are many there are quite a few reasons as to why you know we believe that God gave us marriage. One of them, one of the things is. Just God created marriage to reflect his image. Mm. And similarly to the God, to the Godhead, which is the three of them combined reflect God's image, reflect Mm. his ultimate glory. Right. And God wants us to have a snapshot of what that is like. Mm -hmm. Um, He wants us to have a taste of heaven. Yeah. And so he wants two people to unite with him yeah in their own kind of trinity and in that they'll be able to reflect god's glory Uh i i genuinely believe that but also i believe that god created marriage for it's in an interesting way he created marriage for the hard times and for the times when we can't really see ourselves um I I think that sometimes as when when we're individuals we don't really we we'd find it hard to see ourselves who we really are mm-hmm. and marriage helps us it, there is someone there with marriage there is someone there 24 7 or most of the time yeah. that gets to see you and that person becomes your own personal mirror
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're able to mm-hmm. see when you're struggling and they're able to see they're able to see your thoughts without actually hearing your thoughts and so i think that it's there to help refine you it's like it helps imp- it helps with your sanctification process
1: mm-hmm. becoming and more like god
0: exactly and and an- another thing is simply that god gives us good things god wants us right. to be married because he gives us things that that are great that are not, you know, sometimes people make it sound like life is just supposed to be a whole big bore, but really and truly, God wants us to have good things that make us happy. And marriage truly
1: does that. And I think that, you know, the, the worldly perspective of marriage sometimes mm. is that it, it's just a contract. Right. You know, it's just something that you're signing mm. that legally binds you and, and influences how you do your taxes. <laughs> but essentially, what you're saying is that it's actually a gift that right. God has given it for, for joy
0: right he's given it for he's given it for the the growing process in our lives Mm -hmm. but for joy and also to just better understand his love for us Mm. for sure which isn't to say that someone that isn't married or has never been married that they're not going to understand god's love but it's definitely something that he's blessed
1: i think that you know on that point that you just mentioned there are those that aren't married or, and maybe never will be married mm. that will say well I don't need to be married right. you know like to understand God I don't need to be married I would say fair enough but I would also say that through marriage you get a picture of God that you cannot get without marriage in that as you said the glory of God is perfectly demonstrated in plurality right and when man and woman come together you get that much closer to this this picture of the godhead this picture of a family that is built on love and justice and righteousness etc etc and god himself said right here in genesis chapter 2 that it's not good for man to be alone right he said that in a perfect world about a perfect man And if, I mean, I don't think I'm jumping to conclusions here or misinterpreting God, but essentially what he says is life without marriage isn't good enough Mm. in Mm. that you need someone in your life, as you said, that is going to reflect the character of God. Mm. And I think for me personally, through marriage, um, and I don't mean to to boost your ego or make you blush, (laughs) But the times where I have most clearly seen God's love demonstrated to me has been through you, through you know your kindness and and how self-sacrificing you are, and um, that's given me a, a greater picture than any Bible study I've had or any sermon that I've heard.
0: And the same goes to you, the the greatest. Oh, we're just
1: gonna big each other up now, but I'm no! all for, I'm all for that. I'm all no, for that. But <laughs> really,
0: the for me one of the best reasons that i have to believe that god is real is through your life Mm. and through all the things you've been through and the person you 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 are still becoming until this day that that is what shows to me Mm. that god is real that he he actually exists because miracles like this don't happen they don't happen out of chance Mm. and i i through that we can both see the the blessing and why God created marriage Mm. and why he instituted it so early on in the scriptures.
1: I think that also explains why Satan hates it so much. Right. And, and when it speaks here in in chapter two and it says that they shall come together and be one flesh, you know, sure Mm. metaphorically it means that they're united, but physically I think it means that they actually came together. The marriage was consummated and it seems especially um, obvious to me that Satan has kind of zeroed in on destroying the home and in fact, destroying it before it even becomes a home, right. you know, destroying relationships, intimate relationships at the very foundation and making, making sex itself a trivial thing mm. and a light thing, you know, a thing that has little consequence. A thing that, you know, let, let's let say, God forbid, you get a sexually transmitted disease. Well, don't worry, we've got medication for that.
2: Mm. Or
1: even worse in some people's eyes, they they get pregnant, an unwanted pregnancy. Well, that's okay, we've got abortion for that. Mm. You know, and so you can just freely go and express yourself however you want sexually, wherever you want, with whomever, mm. how many times. And in modern society, even depicted in in all forms of entertainment and media, sex is just this... This small little thing, and here it's actually it's actually spoken of this coming together of man and woman mm. in becoming one. As we've said, is the closest we get to the picture of the Godhead. Right. And I think that's also demonstrated through the act of sex within marriage mm-hmm. that we get this picture of two physically becoming one, becoming right. intimately acquainted with one another. And today that's just that's just downplayed to nothing, really.
0: There are so many pressures Mm. in this world. Um, As a Christian, there are so many pressures for people to feel sometimes like an outcast, like an Mm. outsider if they don't have so much experience. Mm. You have that in school, you have that at work. Wherever you go, that there are people that have a different ideal for their lives Mm -hmm. than you, you are going to feel pressure. You're going to feel pressured to do more, to have more experience, to have you know to know to have the know-how mm. on how to, you know, how to do sexual things. Right,
1: to try before you buy.
0: Right, yeah. exactly.
1: You know, it's it's funny that you bring that up. Um growing up, I wasn't a Christian. I mean, I was I was a nominal Catholic. Right. Um but my my friends, my closest friends mm. were all rather uh promiscuous, right. if you know, to use the word lightly. And I felt a lot of pressure to Get involved, you know, and, and to, as you said, gain experience. And what's it, what I find interesting about that is I remember distinctly thinking as I was growing up, mm. not a Christian, you know, I want to wait until I'm married you know, I only want to have that experience with one person. That's not something that I was taught in school or anything that I learned from my friends, but it mm-hmm. was there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, my, that was my goal, my ideal. That's what I was working towards, mm-hmm. just finding one person and only being with them. But that pressure was so real that I actually did go ahead mm-hmm. and take those steps. Right. And now I can never take them back. Mm-hmm. You know, I ended up having sex before I was married with someone who, you know, their relationship really went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I'll never be able to take that back. I'll never be able to, regardless of what I do in my life, I can never say I saved myself until marriage Mm -hmm. or I saved myself for my wife, for that person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And to a great degree, you Mm -hmm. know, some of the images of things that I took place in Mm -hmm. will always be kind of rooted back there in, in the back of my mind. And those decisions that you take, even if they were pressured, if you make the decision you can never go back you can never undo it
0: Mm -hmm. and for me it was the opposite i did wait until marriage Mm -hmm. but i don't see that as a victory Mm. i don't see that as yay look at me i did save till marriage and that was because even though i didn't go ahead with the actions um i was still pressured Mm. and i i still experienced Um, I still experience sexual immorality without actually having sex. Mm. What do you mean? I feel that, and this happens a lot, you know, in Christianity, Mm -hmm. where someone will say, you know, I know my right from wrongs. I know what the Bible says, and I know what my parents tell me not to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to go and have sex. But then, in in the things that you watch, in mm. all the things that I watched, and um, the the people that I hung around, and the the even though I wouldn't fully commit to doing something with someone, I still had pointless relationships mm. just because I felt pressured to be in relationships, and I I genuinely believe that sex is more than just you know this one simple action but it's about being pure and it's about purity overall and you can still be a very promiscuous person without having had sex in the way that you speak and the things that you do
1: you mean in the mind
0: in the mind and also physically you um. can do certain things physically that you may not be crossing the losing the virginity line Mm. but you're crossing every other line Mm. and also with masturbation that would be the same thing pornography pornography all of those things um you can you can say oh i've kept myself for my one true love but have you really Mm. and for me i can say that yes i did save till marriage but that's not but that's not something to boast about because i can genuinely see that it wasn't enough. It's almost like ph- pharisaical, you know, where you you say, I, I've kept the law and I'm clean, but in your mind and in other little actions, you haven't, you know? And it's not all about whether you're keeping the law, but are you also keeping the law in your heart? Right, you know? the
1: difference between the letter of the law mm-hmm. and the spirit of the law. Right, Yeah.
0: exactly. And I do really believe that for a lot of people that have saved, them, saved themselves or are saving themselves till marriage they really need to question themselves with like
1: not that they shouldn't save themselves till marriage right but right are but, they even saving right, themselves right but
0: question whether they actually are yeah whether, whether they're actually saving themselves till marriage and I, I think that a lot of the times the reason why people don't The reason why people haven't gone ahead And had sex Or done something Is because of the lack of opportunity that they've had Mm. But if they've had If they had something presented right in front of them They might just do it
1: That's a tough one Just because you haven't crossed Your line Doesn't mean you haven't Crossed Mm. the line Purity is a standard measured by God's yardstick, not ours. When we come back, we'll see that the blessings for keeping to his standard are all we could ever ask for, and then some. Stay tuned, we're just getting started here. We're the Cullinanes, and you're listening to Why They Did That.
2: Hey everyone, I'm Charlene Coutet. I was the guest on episode eight of the first season where Dean and I talked about Joseph and the importance of biblical purity. This topic is very close to my heart and for over 10 years I've been working on a book that can bring the principles I've learned to life. Well, that book is now here. It's called My Child Wake Up, a reference to the dream that God gave me, which you might remember me sharing at the end of our episode. What I think is quite unique about this book is that it uses the sanctuary as a blueprint for successfully traversing relationships and doing so God's way. I'd really love for all of you to get your hands on this and so I've partnered with Why They Did That to give you a big Christmas discount. Just visit mychildwakeup.com and use the promo WTDT when purchasing to get a massive 20% off. The feedback so far has been great, and I hope it can be a major blessing for you, your friends, and your family over this festive season.
1: The Conflict Beautiful will take you from the book of Genesis right through to the last words of Revelation expounding upon your favorite stories of scripture and giving you insights that you otherwise may have missed. Interested in Abraham's test of faith? Or maybe you're still stuck on David standing alongside the Philistine armies? Or perhaps you just want to immerse yourself in the beautiful life of Christ? Well then the conflict beautiful is for you. Get a set now and use the promo code WTDT. For that 10% off. It's almost as if we've been robbed. In Genesis 3, we get a whole chapter of what a marriage that's falling apart looks like. But in chapter 2, we barely get a few verses of what it looks like when it's going well. Perhaps that's because God knew that we'd need more help in the hard times. Or perhaps it's because he wants us to write our own love stories I think perhaps my favorite verse in this is verse 25 and they were both naked the man and his wife and they were not ashamed Mm. and so it speaks about these two core components I think of marriage in that they were naked and they were unashamed Mm. and I do think that there is of course there's the literal in here. You know, they were literally naked. They had no clothes on because they were clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You know, they were covered by who Jesus was, and also the fact that they lived in a perfect world mm-hmm. with a perfect climate. You know, mm-hmm. there was no cold, there was no chilly air, um, and and even then, we you know, clothes we see them come after sin, and we see that they're clothed with the the skin of the lamb they're still covered Mm. by christ but just in a different way and then of Mm. course there's also no shame they have no guilt they have no fear because there's no sin so they have nothing to hide they have no one to blame in fact all of those things come in after they sin right they hide right they're afraid of god They blame each other Mm -hmm. and so i love here that it it just lets us know because we don't have many verses to show us what this marriage was like before sin that there was a period of time where they were both naked the man and his wife yes and they were not ashamed
0: Mm -hmm. but i also think that it's just it's not just nakedness
1: right it's not just the literal yeah right
0: it's also the spiritual the you know the emotional Mm. that things that they went through and that they were naked spiritually Mm. and they had to bear everything tell all you know and that's why in a way it's it's important to realize that a relationship like this shouldn't be rushed Mm. and it shouldn't be taken lightly right you know because there is so much exposure so much exposure that comes along with marriage.
1: Right, vulnerability.
0: Right. Not only are you naked physically, but you are bearing your soul to someone. Mm-hmm. This is why I truly believe that God intended it to be something that people, you know, two people would only have to do once. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's, it is so delicate, it is so intimate right. to be in such a bonding relationship
1: mm-hmm.
0: that God instituted it to be a one-time thing Yeah. and something that I've n- realized is that I I can I can see because of God's love that there are these two things that he really doesn't want us to ever have to experience mm-hmm. he doesn't want us to have to go through
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think the the first thing is death
1: right of course
0: God it throughout the Bible is just trying to get us to avoid death mm-hmm. at all costs hence why he hates sin so much Mm -hmm. but the second thing is heartbreak Mm. God doesn't want us to to experience heartbreak and it doesn't have to be just in a romantic way but it can be betrayal it can be through loss Mm -hmm. whatever heartbreak that is I don't believe that God would want us to go through it and for for people to to give of their bodies to open up their hearts and to share so much about themselves and and everything there is to know about themselves people have heartbreak you know and and it's due to i i would say in a way the lack of commitment of marriage mm. and people may think it's a cruel cruel thing that god is saying hey i want you to love only one person right i want you to give yourself to only one person to to have sex with only one person Mm -hmm. but all he's trying to say is hey heartbreak is rough Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can kill you and i love you so much that i'm going to you know implore you to only experience this once so you never have to know what it feels like to have heartbreak Mm -hmm and that's so beautiful and on top of that we have the component of being naked but also unashamed
1: yeah
0: and unashamed just means you've got nothing to hide when we when we first got married no when we actually yeah when we first got married Mm -hmm. just just around the time of you know meeting people and they would um Some other married couples would give us their advice that we never asked for. It was sometimes quite hard to, yeah, it was hard to, um, take in and to listen to some of their advice, the advice that they gave and it had to do with their personal sad experiences, Mm -hmm. but it was advice nonetheless. And I remember just reminding myself that one of the reasons why I chose to marry you is, is because if God had granted you the ability to look into my heart mm-hmm. and the ability to hear all my thoughts, my deepest, darkest thoughts, that I would still be willing to let you in. Mm. That's, how, that's how sure I had to be of you in order to marry you. Yeah. And that's a very beautiful thing to feel unashamed of who you are and to say, you know what, there is someone that I'm willing to bear all with. And I'm so grateful that in all of this, God is, you know, in Genesis, right at the start, God is saying, hey, this is what I want for you. This is what I want for you in marriage. That's why it's such a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. And I think it must be emphasized that what we're speaking about is a marriage that really does have Christ at the center. mm Uh, Because even in this verse, you know, when we speak about being naked and being unashamed, Jesus came and took our nakedness. You know, He He clothed us, removing our nakedness, but actually took our sinful flesh, in a sense, made himself naked. Right. And he took away our shame. But in embracing and bearing our sins, he took our shame upon himself and for me that really is that really does demonstrate what real love is to not just be willing to see someone's nakedness and see their shame but to take it to be a part of it to embrace it to say that you want it right I'll take that Mm. you know and Christ demonstrated that in his love for his church for his people No marriage is perfect, because no one that enters marriage is. We're flawed, we're broken, incredibly selfish and sinful people. But that's where the beauty is. That's where redemption is. Anyone can get married, that doesn't mean you've made it. It's when Christ, the naked shame bearer, it's when he is at the heart of that. When it's a marriage lived and shared with the purpose of lifting him up and bringing glory to God. That's where the victory is. That's what heaven tastes like.
0: When I was, I would say, about 10 years old, Mm -hmm. I would look at the married couples in church Mm -hmm. and my parents as well. And I would think, oh, marriage is such a like grown up, adult, mature thing to do, Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be a while till I get there, you know. (laughs) And it just felt like a very unattainable thing. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you have the comments that people say, oh, nothing ever prepares you for marriage. You just have to live it. You just have to experience it. You can't just talk about it. Hence why, right? Hence why we don't take advice usually. Hence why people find it hard to take advice from single people about relationships. It's just you know you have to you have to live it to understand what it's really like Mm -hmm. um and now that we've been in it for nearly seven years it's true nothing can really prepare us nothing could have really prepared me for what marriage really is
1: and to be fair we tried Mm. you know Mm -hmm. we did the premarital counseling we did we spoke to people that we thought had it all together and um, even stayed with some of them for a while yeah. in the hope that mm-hmm. it would better prepare us. And maybe it did better prepare it us. It did.
0: It did pe- better prepare. But there's nothing like experience mm-hmm. in a way. And it was... It's been a great experience. We've learned a lot. We've mm-hmm. grown a lot. We've learned to give and receive compliments from each other. And it's been just a wonderful opportunity you know to just share my life with you and it's really something that when when i you know when i just sit down and think about it something that i don't want to end Mm -hmm. something that i want to have forever and it's it i believe it's similar to heaven you know how when we get to heaven we won't ever want it to end yeah because we will love it so much and we will be growing so much and we will we will be um expressing god's character so much that we don't want it to end and we'll, we'll be enjoying it and having fun that we don't we don't want it to ever you know to ever stop and it's genuinely something that i'm so grateful for and one of the things that that i've learned is that yeah marriage you you're not you'll never really be prepared for it you can try as much but once you're in it i'm i, I love that we have a mediator
2: mm-hmm.
0: between us that is able to reveal to us when we're being stubborn when we're being crazy when we're being unreasonable yeah selfish and i'm able to say that god has really just guided our relationship and the reason why the 10 year old me looking back isn't panicking is because i know that i have him to lean on Mm. that we have him to lean on we have him to talk to whenever we need help we need time out you know this is this is something we don't know we don't know how to deal with this we know who to go to yeah. and now that we we are expecting our first child
1: mm-hmm. for those of you that are wondering why this episode took so long to come out um, that's the reason why so a, a lot is changing um, <laughs> life is, has been very different these past few months but yeah that, that's that's why it's maybe taking a bit longer than we hope to get this done
0: right so now that we are expecting our first child um a lot of our friends and people say nothing prepares you for children right you know you can try and read all the books but nothing prepares you for it but again i am just so grateful that even though we may not really know what we're doing and we are trying to read all the books and trying to figure it all out that we have we have a mediator we have someone to turn to when we need help and when we need guidance and really and truly I'm looking forward to just experiencing more what it's like you know this taste of heaven that we have Mm -hmm. I'm just looking forward to it to experiencing it more with you and I pray that we will continue putting God in the center of everything that we do, and that we will be prepared, because God is with us.
1: He that hath an ear, let him hear. And you've just completed season two of Why They Did That. Listen, from myself and from the whole team, we just want to thank you for sticking with us this year. It's been tough. There's been roller coasters, hiccups, and genuinely life-changing surprises that we couldn't have seen coming in a million years. Yet you've helped us through it all. The messages, the DMs, the testimonies and reviews you've left, the times you've shared all our content and tagged your friends, it's its encouraged us to keep going regardless of the challenges. And now the season is done. We're going to be taking a break to prepare for the next one, which will come to you in the summer of 2021. But stick with us, we're undergoing a rebrand and even a restructure of our team that we believe is going to set us up by God's grace to take us to unimaginable heights. We pray that in the meantime, you'll continue to study the scriptures diligently, continue to ask why, and continue to trust God with all of your heart. We love you all and we'll see you soon. I'm Dean Cullenane, and you're listening to Why They Did That.